Hey guys, before we hop into the show, I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched Java that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check those out. What you'll see is that this CBD-infused coffee is taking away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it, they've helped. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg alongside Zach Stevens and the draft talk will never slow down (laughs) because the fans finally have something to hang their hat on. And Zach, there is an interesting, well, first, just so you know, the BSN Broncos podcast is presented by Elixinol. But Zach, there is a interesting debate, I guess, that is filtering through Broncos country right now regarding how soon is the future because everyone knows or at least should know that drew Locke is the broncos quarterback of the future but when is the future and we've talked about this and when we talked about it the first time i thought this was a very clear answer oi 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 ryan <laughs> You, you and I are just are too much on the same page where we have this great conversation. You know, we we figure out that Drew Locke's probably going to play at some point this season. Worst case, he's the starter in 2020. I mean, absolute, not, and not worst case. I guess it would be good case for Joe no, Flacco. that is worst case. <laughs> yeah. And what did we say? Zero percent chance Joe Flacco's a starter in year three very very slim chance that he starts two full seasons but really it's 2020 is when drew lock is fully going to take over there's gonna be no question about it we agreed on that felt really good about it after talking to people just listening to john elway this week talking to drew and then there's just all this chatter out there about well you know joe flacco is gonna play out his contract his three-year contract uh drew lock you know, maybe he's the future. A lot of Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning thrown out there. And my head is spinning. I'm like, what in the world are these people talking about? This morning I was uh, hearing a, a person who also um, sends things into the airwaves for Broncos <laughs> country. And they were insinuating that Drew Locke might get some mop-up duty in the Hall of Fame game. Mop-up duty. Mop-up duty. Fourth quarter in the Hall of Fame game. So who do they think getting the majority of that? I don't want to go into too much detail. <laughs> uh, but, but it's not Joe, is it? No, Joe Flacco was not playing. It was all of the other quarterbacks first that are on the roster now, because there are, what, five quarterbacks on the roster right now? Yep. 
And then Drew Locke and Brett Rippon cleaning up in the fourth quarter. That blows my mind. That blows my mind because I understand John Elway wants to light a little fire under Drew Locke, even though Drew Locke doesn't need it. But you want to do that to your second-round pick, and you wanted to make him seem like he has to earn this. So you say he's competing for the backup role. LOLOL. I mean, that's, that's the biggest joke ever, Ryan, that he's competing for the backup role. Drew Locke will be the backup. Maybe if they want to send a message to him, they make him the third string for what? The Hall of Fame game and the first preseason game? But you can't let this guy not get reps during the preseason. He's your future. And in fact, if you believe in Joe Flacco so much, you hope that you don't see Drew Locke this year. So you better get him as many reps as possible during the preseason. You want to know that what was one of the scariest things I've ever seen? <laughs> oh, what? In the Denver Broncos' first preseason game of... 2016, post-Super Bowl, Paxton Lynch was the third-string quarterback. Mm. And in said game, <laughs> Paxton Lynch wasn't even impressive. Mm-hmm. The alarms were going off for me. Yep. Now, sometimes, especially, you know, I was a young reporter, especially a lot less experienced than I am now. And sometimes you just get caught up in this, like, well, he's a first-round pick, so it's going to work out. If you would have put a gun to my head and said, is he a bust or is he not? That night, I would have had to say he's a bust. Yep. I don't want that to happen. I, I, I don't want Drew Locke to be a third-string quarterback for any second hmm. that he is in the Broncos facility. He is not a third-string quarterback. And if Drew Locke, because how many weeks into training camp will we be when the Hall of Fame game comes around? Two? Two. Drew Locke's still the third-string quarterback. Come that day, and it's not just the Broncos trying to play some optics game. We'll know from watching on the field every day. I'm going to be worried. Now, there's no chance that Drew Locke is going to be as bad as Paxton Lynch. <laughs> Paxton Lynch, all things considered, and someone's going to say I'm exaggerating here, I'm not, is one of the worst first-round quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. There's no question. So that's not going to happen. But. I I just don't want to see the Broncos try and play this stupid optics game and make Drew Locke take a backseat to Kevin Hogan. What would be the point of that? What would be the point? That that would be something that we we saw a few years ago, and there's no reason to do that. The point would be you're afraid of greatness. You're afraid of Drew Locke being so good that the hype train gets rolling and it gets out of control and fans want him to start week one. The Broncos should not be afraid of Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn up in Seattle. They should welcome that. How good would Seattle have been uh, those first few years if they let Matt Flynn be average or below average or maybe a little above average instead of letting Russell Wilson, clearly the better quarterback on their team, just sit I, I, I don't understand why you would be afraid of that. I guess it's just to back up everything you've said, you know, where you said it, we're going to sit him. You're, they're very – I think they believe they're going to sit him right now. I, I agree. And they see the pros in that, and they want to do that. But the, it's almost like confirmation bias of saying, like, okay, well, Drew Locke needs to sit out a year. You want to, like, make sure that you're right about that. And you're afraid – even if he proves to you in training camp that he is the better player, 
you're still a little bit afraid of messing him up by playing him in his first year. Does John Elway look smarter at the end of this year if or, or not at the end of the year, but does John Elway look smarter if he hits on Joe Flacco or if he hits on Drew Locke? I think he'd tell you he wants to be right about both, but he looks better if he gets, hits on Drew Locke. So, I mean, there's zero downside for letting this kid compete. And Ryan, right now we're, we're talking about Joe Flacco against Drew Locke. Realistically, I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Drew Locke against Kevin Hogan, Garrett Grayson, and Brett Rippon. I mean, the the conversation, if you really want to have a, an honest conversation, should be, who's the third-string quarterback? You know, there's an open competition between Brett Rippon and Kevin Hogan, and, and Garrett Grayson Garrett is Grayson, just trying to stay on as long as he can. Garrett Grayson will, will not be there. The, whenever the next time they take the field as a team, Garrett Grayson won't be there. There's not enough reps. But isn't that what the conversation should be? Is yeah, absolutely who, Who's be. the third string? And then once you get past that, it's... Do we have a third-string quarterback? Is it a practice squad type of situation? Do we want that veteran in Kevin Hogan there? And it's really dealing with the third string. There should be there should be no question about Drew Locke's role on this team when you're just talking about the backup spot. The quarterback room will be Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brett Rippon. And if you want to know a bigger reason than any that that's the case, it's because those three guys were brought in by this coaching staff. The other two guys are holdovers. Kevin Hogan, bless his heart, he got you know $300,000 guaranteed. Good for him when he signed that little contract. That's what you got. So make it last. Um, and I'm sure he'll, you know someone somewhere will want to throw him on the roster or give him a chance to compete in camp as well. But this team is trying to run a different offense. They just brought in three quarterbacks. Those are their three quarterbacks. End of story. Um, Kevin Hogan... Uh, any, I mean, any time he's on the field to me is a waste. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be here. So someone mentioned on Twitter, I was hoping Kevin Hogan would help Drew Locke with the day-to-day stuff because it doesn't seem like Joe Flacco is going to want to. I can understand that. Drew Locke doesn't need anyone to hold his hand. He's a big boy. He's a grown-up. He is mature. He knows what it takes to be a starting quarterback. And you know what? He can learn everything he needs to learn by just watching Joe Flacco. He doesn't need Joe to give him this or give him that. He has a circle of quarterbacks that he can call at any time, even if it's just Missouri quarterbacks. He can call up uh, Chase Daniel. He can call up uh, Blaine Gabbert. He can call up Brad Smith. Actually, he didn't really play quarterback in the NFL. But – there is a, a support system, and by the way, that wasn't a very uh, intriguing list of Missouri quarterbacks. I was impressed you were able to rattle those off. Um, he can figure it out. He doesn't need Kevin Hogan, who, what does Kevin Hogan know, to hold his hand. Exactly, and here's the thing. Was the relationship between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, the situation John Elway said this is going to be like, was that a great relationship and... Brett was taking Aaron under his wing, and instead of being in the film room looking for himself, he was teaching Aaron what to look at. Brett Favre says, not in my contract (laughs) to mentor Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So Aaron is in the room. In this situation, Drew's going to be in the room with Joe Flacco when Joe's breaking down the film and Rich Gangarello's right next to him, and they're going through this. That's how you learn. 
is just hearing the conversations. You chime in occasionally. It's not Joe Flacco taking him under his wing, and he's not going to do that, Ryan. Uh, I'm sure he didn't do that with Lamar Jackson last year because he knew Lamar was coming for his job. Now he knows, okay, this is a really cutthroat business. Uh, I was traded last year. I wasn't able to get my job back. I wasn't put in in a playoff game when this other guy looked terrible. I have to compete for myself right now. He knows it better than anyone. Do you think it's a fair question to Joe Flacco to ask him, can you see yourself and Drew Locke being friends? Mm, I like that. Yeah. I'm curious what he say. The smart thing to say is, yeah, of course, man. We're going to be hanging out together every single day. I wonder if you call him a kid. The emotional thing would be to say, you know what? I'm sure he's a nice kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're in a competition. Exactly. Yeah, and that's how he's going to treat him. He's going to treat him like this younger, this talented younger brother coming in, uh, trying to steal everything he's been doing. That, that That's not, or I guess a stepbrother coming in, and he that's going to piss him off. Drew Locke is trying to take $18 million away from Joe Flacco and his family. Yep. <laughs> Literally, whether it's this year or next. Yep. I guess it'd be what twenty one next year. Yep, <laughs> trying to steal twenty one million dollars from Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco's not going to be happy. No, not going to be happy at all. And Joe's going to look at his past history, and then also look at Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Well, what happened there? I mean, he was he was dealt for a second round pick one year later. So this is this is a business, and Joe. Joe's not going to babysit him, but also you don't need Kevin Hogan or anyone else helping Drew Locke because the learning isn't going to be any quarterback, regardless of if it's Joe or if it's Kevin Hogan sitting down and teaching him. The teaching, if there's any teaching, it's from Rich Gangarello and T.C. McCartney. It's great. That's fine. Um, By the way, I wrote in my story, my whole story is about Drew Locke being a villain, right? Yep. It doesn't just have to apply to the Kansas City Chiefs or the mm. Oakland Raiders or the San Diego Chargers. He can play the villain to Joe Flacco. Mm. He's literally wearing a robber's mask <laughs> coming for $21 million of Joe Flacco's money. Going for those pocketbooks. And you're kidding yourself if you think he's going to feel bad about that, if you think he's going to you know, uh, embrace the red shirt year. And, you know, not, you know, not do everything you can every single day to outperform Joe Flacco. And you just get the feeling that, well, you, you probably know this is going to happen. There's going to be a vet rest day in training camp <laughs> where Drew Locke gets to be the starting quarterback. Mm. And you are kidding yourself if you don't think he's going to throw on his arm sleeve, make sure his visor on his jersey is nice and clean. And come out there and conduct himself like a starting quarterback and do everything he can to make the coaches think that day. Should we give him another another one of these tomorrow? If you're Joe, do you say no to the vet rest day? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you do. <laughs> That's like if your girlfriend invited you to come to prom with her and she's like, I mean, you don't have to go. I can bring James. <laughs> you're stepping in. You don't even think twice about going to prom, even if you don't even want to go. Yeah. Even if you broke your leg. Yep. You're not going to be able to dance. (laughs) You better get out there on the dance floor with your boot on. And so, Ryan, a few other things that I've heard, which have just boggled my mind, is uh, looking further than this year. 
I mean, we've got crazy and talked about the situation where Drew Locke could start week one this year. I feel like it's crazy people saying that Drew Locke is getting his first start in four years after Joe Flacco plays three years, or even Joe Flacco's a starter the final year of his contract. I can't even think what year that is, Ryan. That seems so crazy to me. There's a higher chance of a meteor <laughs> coming to Earth and exploding the entire planet than Drew, than Drew Locke not getting a chance to start a game until 2022. That's how I feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> and hell, you never know what's going to happen between now and then. That could be possible. But, yeah, I mean, you – I mean, who around this town was, was like, all in on Joe Flacco? Anyone? Was anyone saying, like, Joe Flacco – is the absolute truth. The Broncos got an absolute steal. This guy is going to take them to the highest of highs. Only if you listen to pay, to John Elway and took that as gospel and him saying that he's in his prime. Well, you know what John Elway also said about Joe Flacco? He said he's in his prime after they drafted Drew Locke and after they anointed him the future. That's just John giving confidence and hope. And you know what? Before the draft... That was brilliant of John to say that because the smokescreen worked. It worked for the Giants. Uh, it worked for so many other teams around the league that um, that that Joe was their guy. It's it's crazy that people bought into that so much because he's still saying that while also saying the future's on the team. So anyone, my whole point here is anyone who is now telling you that Drew Locke is not going to start for three years is telling you that Joe Flacco is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Because they're telling you that Joe Flacco is going to make it to the second round of the playoffs this year. I think if he did that, he would be safe uh, for next season. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he's probably going to make at least the AFC championship <laughs> to show that he's still cruising up. And after that, he might have to make a Super Bowl yep. to keep on to the job. And hey, if that happens, great news for the Broncos. Excellent. But that is, I would say there is a greater chance of a meteor <laughs> hitting the earth and exploding the entire planet than Joe Flacco making it to the second round this year, the conference uh, finals next year, and the Super Bowl the year after that. So are you saying that Joe's a, Joe, star, Joe Flacco is a starter in 2022 even after the meteor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Here's what really is a perfect scenario for the Broncos, I think. We've seen it once before, and you'll know exactly what team I'm talking about it happening with. Joe Flacco has a fantastic season this year, um, better than everyone expected. Takes them to the first round of the playoffs where they lose. Everyone says the Broncos have a playoff-caliber team, but Flacco just isn't the guy. Mm. And next year, Drew Locke starts. Mm. And then he leads them to the AFC championship <laughs> against Tom Brady. And then a meteor hits? Nope. No <laughs> meteors when, when Drew Locke's in charge. Wait, so Tom Brady isn't having his fall off year this year if he's in the if he's in the AFC championship game next year. You never know. <laughs> well and that that's I agree with you. If maybe it's someone maybe it's Jarrett Stidham leading the Patriots. <laughs> it would be someone with the Patriots. But Ryan, what what would be the case? Do you think it's getting to the second round where you have to bring Joe Flacco back next year? Yep. If you get to the second round of the playoffs, man, you had a great season. And does, so does that include first round bye? 
Sure. Yeah. If you get a first, I mean, if you get a first round bye, you dominated. So just make it to the second week of the playoffs, no matter how you get there. And Joe's your guy next and year. And you are coming into training camp next year saying Joe is our starter. <sighs> Do you think the Chiefs would have done that as well if they would have won one playoff game? First playoff win in two million years. Uh, <laughs> I think they would have done it. <laughs> First playoff win since a meteor struck her. Yeah, since, the la- <laughs> since the last Big Bang. Uh, it I, just seemed, maybe, maybe that would have changed everything. But with the Chiefs, it just seemed like once the offseason came, there wasn't even a question that Alex Smith was gone. They, they were already on to Patrick Mahomes. I bet you there's probably an internal struggle during the season of Andy Reid saying, we should pull Alex Smith. And... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the GM and the owner were saying, like, what are you talking about? Alex Smith is having an MVP <laughs> level season. And and Andy's out there saying, like, I'm in practice every day. Patrick is better than him right now. Yep. But in the end, Andy may be saying, OK, well, we're on pace to get a very high seed in the AFC. We would look really dumb if we pulled the plug right now and Patrick Mahomes came in and and faltered or maybe they said that's just too much pressure on him to carry a team that's you know eight and one or whatever they were that season uh take over a team like that with the pressure of being the number one seed in that in the AFC and it's a great point is externally the Chiefs did a great job nope this is Alex Smith's team everything's going right of course we're not going to play the kid this is a developmental year for him but internally they're they're probably definitely was a struggle probably from the first time he stepped on the field and threw a ball 75 yards through the air in OTAs and then in training camp when he flashed because he did flash now he was also throwing picks which Alex Smith, Alex Smith just does not do so there probably was that internal struggle but Ryan what people don't realize how easy would it have been for Andy Reid to pl- pull the plug six seven games into the season five games into the season if Alex Smith had three touchdowns six interceptions and the Chiefs were two and four easy so so easy you know what Andy Reid is probably doing sitting over there what just crossing his fingers for a high ankle sprain (laughs) yep yep saying give me a reason and the high ankle sprain is a great great example because then the kid comes in he struggles he looks bad then you you just put him on the bench once Alex Smith is back if the kid takes off, well, sorry, Alex. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, again, if you are a Broncos fan, you are just hoping that Rich Gangarillo is on the sidelines this season at some point mm-hmm. saying, oh, come on, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> just tweak it a little. Yep. Give me one game. Uh-huh. That's all Drew needs. And it sounds brutal. That sounds so brutal. The NFL is a brutal place. Exactly. I mean, $18 million is what Joe Flacco is going to get this year. No one in the end is really going to feel that bad for him if he's replaced um, by Drew Locke. But that would mean that would mean so many good things because it would mean the team is too good to pull Joe Flacco. And it means the Drew Locke looks better than your quarterback that has guided this team to a good record. You couldn't hope for a better situation. You know what Mike McCoy wasn't doing? Everything. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> he wasn't secretly fist pumping when Trevor Simeon got slammed onto the ground and hurt his shoulder. Yep. In that Tampa Bay game. <laughs> yep. 
His eyes were probably the size of the moon, mm-hmm. or the size of a meteor mm-hmm. that could explode <laughs> the earth. He was probably like, oh no. Yep. This is going to be ugly. Yep. And uh, Bill Musgrave, when it co- it comes out that he was he was part of the decision to bring Paxton Lynch in as a starter, and then we find out at halftime from the the commentators that oh Bill Musgrave wanted nothing to do with Paxton. <laughs> of course he didn't. He was this, that was a job interview for him. Yeah. And the job interview was how can you win a football game with a crappy quarterback? He was set up to fail with that. With that, luckily, you know, they believed him enough to bring him back another year. and Luckily. <laughs> for him. Luckily oh, for yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you want the Broncos to just be just be looking at the trigger with their finger right on it saying, mm, could, we could pull this. Yep. We could pull this trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want an internal struggle where they're saying, but, but Joe is playing well enough that we can sit him. Because in the end, I think it would be for the best for Drew Locke to have a whole year under his belt yeah. not a, i think it he it's the best for him to get one game somewhere uh but in the end you want you want him to get that experience but you also want the broncos to be saying are we doing the right thing here mm-hmm. could we be winning more games mm-hmm. if we put in drew lock and, and let him improvise a little bit so over the weekend uh, when we were talking, I mean, we talked for about 30 hours together. One of those minutes was you saying how valuable you think that Week 17 game of Patrick Mahomes' rookie season, how valuable that was for him to play. Now, that'd be great if Drew Locke gets that and the Broncos you know, have everything locked up so they can let Drew play that final Week 17. But let's say things have fallen off the rails. You're not making the playoffs. It's not a terrible season, but... You understand sitting at at six and eight, or let's say three games, five and eight, that you're not making the playoffs. You gotta play the kid. You have to because then that's two extra games. Or Joe Flacco's just not doing it, and you're five and five. Let him play. But what's the best case that's gonna happen? You're gonna go nine and seven, just miss the playoffs. Maybe the the season wouldn't show you that Joe Flacco is going to be able to lead this team to 10-6 and six and make the playoffs, let the kid play, even though it's not a completely wasted season. That I don't see happening at 5-5. Five and five. Um, I agree with you because you saw what happened with the Ravens last year. What were they? Mm. I think they were actually a little better than that. They I, th- were... I think they had a losing record because oh, did, really? with Lamar Jackson, I think they went 6-1. and one. Right, you're right. Okay, so they were. They were behind the eight ball. Yeah. And they kind of caught lightning in a bottle with Lamar Jackson. No one really knew how to defend him mm-hmm. in the early goings. You can you can spark a team, especially if there's support. And I think Lamar Jackson probably had support. Maybe not as much, but there's a lot of players on that team that were kind of hoping to see the kid get out there. If there's support for Drew Locke and you're four and five, let's say, go for it. I agree. He'll be ready. I agree. And the difference between Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning, that situation, and Drew Locke and uh, Joe Flacco, like a lot of people have been pointing to, well, look how long uh, Peyton Manning held off Brock Osweiler, which is just nuts that people are saying that. Joe Flacco or, or Brock Osweiler was plan B, literally. It was plan B. He was the backup. The Broncos desperately needed a backup. 
I guess you can make a case that the Broncos needed a backup this year, but the difference, both second-round picks, the difference is John Elway the night they drafted him and the next day when they introduced Drew Locke. He said he's the future. And uh, I don't know if John Elway is making that strong of claims about Brock Osweiler because Peyton Manning had four years and he was Peyton Manning as a future Hall of Famer. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winner. That's kind of where it stops. Do you honestly think John Elway believes that Joe Flacco is entering the prime of his career? Because I don't see how you could make a case for that and actually believe that. Drew Locke's the future. Brock Osweiler was a, a backup plan B. I'm The only bad side of the Broncos winning Super Bowl 50 is that I can't just kill them for drafting Brock Osweiler. <laughs> because all, all you know, uh, signs point to that just being a horrific draft pick. Mm-hmm. But the dude went 5-2. and two. <laughs> And help them stay on course, and they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I have to tip my cap to that, and it makes it all worth it, really. Now, that team was good enough. Maybe, you know, Charlie Whitehurst could have done that. <laughs> but it, it, it stops me from being able to say, you got no payoff yeah. from drafting Barack Osweiler. Yeah. And I want to say that so bad because it's true. <laughs> Other than those seven games yep. where, you know, he just did enough. You really got four years of nothing from a second round pick. Yep. It's annoying me. It really annoys me. <laughs> well, I guess t- only time will tell. But if the over under in Vegas was week one of 2020, Oof. would you take the under? Uh, 100%. Not taking it is just putting a lot of faith in Joe Flacco. Mm hmm. And. We we were, I don't know what the word is, we were warm on Joe Flacco in the sense of he his upside is he can work in this offense. But you ha, you it would be ignorant to ignore the fact that he could play the same way that he has the last couple of years and Drew Locke could be starting by week eight. Exactly. It's going to be fun to follow, and, and you better believe we'll have a very, very close eye on it in training camp. Um, so let's move on here. We have lots of questions, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult, which I'm, the playoffs have really sent me off that track. (laughs) A lot of weeknight drinking that wasn't involved with Weinster. Uh, but if you just like wine or you're trying to be like me, you have to check out our friends over at Weinster. I'll get back on the the train towards maturity (laughs) after the playoffs. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you got to do is sit back, relax, as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of them, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. And I especially love them because they were founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine. Start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster. Ryan, the people want to be heard. 
First one coming in from Tom3565. He says, thanks, Zach. It was my pleasure, and I loved my job as an officer. Glad to hear I wasn't the only one that the son had to convince dad to take a better look at Locke. I think you guys have addressed the problems, I believe, with the Chiefs very well with how to deal with these kinds of issues. If a player's crime have been, um, have been worked out, they were found not guilty or served their sentence by whatever means required by the court. Then they have earned the chance to move on in their life. However, if the same thing comes up again, then there has to be something done prior to a court finding. One of my friend's dads was with the FBI and then went to work for the Cowboys. The stories he told were not encouraging, to say the least. We could spend hours on this debate, and the NFL needs to clean up their act, and so do the Chiefs. But enough with that. It'll be interesting to see which players really shine with the new systems on both offense and defense. What are you guys' thoughts on who that could be? If Locke shows improvement and backs up his talk about leadership, this will put pressure on to Flacco, which benefits everyone. I know the odds for Langley are a little steep, but he has me hoping he can show something and make the team. It's an interesting dynamic now because people are going to be rooting for Brennan Langley to make the team but because he's a draft pick. But you're, that essentially means you're rooting for Juwan Winfrey to not make the team. Right. Who's a draft pick. Right. I guess Langley was higher, though. Real quick on the on the on uh, your buddy who worked for the FBI and then went to the work for the Cowboys, that's how most uh, team security is. Former police officers, former FBI, former DEA, whatever it is. And I'll just tell you this. A lot more stuff happens and doesn't get out than does. Because <laughs> those guys know what they're doing. Those guys know what they're doing, and they have connections. Right. And if you don't commit a crime big enough, you can usually get it swept under the rug. You're exactly right. So just just to keep in mind. Yep. Um, as for Langley, or sorry, uh, which players will really shine in the new systems? Tight ends should Oof. really shine. I mean, no offense. I mean that that's who's really going to shine. Now that's that's a guy that's coming back. Obviously, if Jake Butt is healthy, he he's going to really benefit from this. And that that's on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side, let's think. I mean, you got to think that the inside linebackers are going to get a huge benefit. I think I don't know. I'm, they might not even be out there. Mm. Might just be all safeties. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. But not Will Parks. Maybe Will Parks is a linebacker. That's why he hasn't been brought up in the safety <laughs> right, conversation. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. The linebackers, you hope. But I'm so confused. <laughs> so confused what their plan is there. Tell me about it. Um, I think you'll see the corners have a better season because there'll be a lot less pressure on them. Vic's system really isn't all about press man you got to beat your guy one on one. It's more about confusing the quarterbacks and uh you know making it tougher on them to make the read. How about this Von Miller and Bradley Chubb? Von Miller described this defense, this 3-4 defense as built for the pass rusher. So it shouldn't be a surprise when you hire one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of the game that it helps pretty much every level of the defense. Ryan, speaking of Noah Fant, next one comes in from Yeti where he says, does Noah have a nickname already? If not, we can dub him Noah Phantom Fant or just Phantom for every time he disappears and then reappears behind the defense to take a 40-yard bomb for a score. 
I like it. I like that too. You can work with that. Yeah. Let's just go with Phantom. I love it. I like it too. Yeah, Phantom. And you can you don't have to spell it with the PH. You can spell it with the F. Mm, yep, I like it. Another one from Yeti Roar. Also, no apologies, ne- no apologies necessary. I didn't feel attacked one bit by Zach. Good debate will always bring up solid pushback, and I welcome it. Thanks for your thoughts on Locke's development, boys. The draft content has been supreme. Thank you, Yeti Roar. Next one from Michael Pexa. He says, okay, Ryan, you said you will try anything, so I'm putting it to the test. I'm currently in northern Thailand, and the other day I was served a spicy soup that had boiled chicken feet in it. Not only that, but they also boil the chicken blood until it gets a firm tofu-like consistency and cut it into cubes and put it in the soup. Gauntlet thrown. Zach, he, he DM'd me a couple pictures. Oh, appetizing? The blood... God, that's gross. <laughs> the blood looks just like meat. It looks like beef. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does look like beef. Yep. How about this, though? Oh, man. <laughs> That's like, oh. It just looks like an alien hand <laughs> is in the soup. Looks like those little tiny hands that people have been using recently. Yes, but it has three claw-like oh. things. I'll try it. Isn't there, oh, there's a, there's a book about that. And all I remember about the book is it goes, Grunja Runja. What? What is that? <laughs> It's part of the book, and I think it's about chicken feet. Someone out there's got to know. I think it's a child's book. Are you thinking of Littlefoot? Littlefoot? What? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. So anyone that knows in a child's book don't where there's a again. chicken foot that goes grunja runja, <laughs> let me know. God, you're you're a weird man. Um, let's. I say, would eat the chicken feet. I was gonna say. Let's say you had to try one of those. Oh yeah, chicken feet over the blood for sure. But it's like, it, you know, the blood is just, it looks like beef. I know, but it's blood. Just, but how does that, how does it look like that when it's boiled? It's like, uh, have, you ever, oh, have you ever made like balsamic reduction? Yeah. I assume it's a similar thing. It's like blood reduction. But how, balsamic reduction doesn't like turn into a cube. Well, if you did it, I mean, there's probably stuff in the blood that makes it so when you reduce oh. it. <laughs> Maybe I would go with the foot. I don't. It's just I'm not even like an anti like like one of those people would like freak out if like you got a cut on your knee right now. I'm like I can't look at it. Yeah. But I just don't like the idea of eating blood. When someone gets a cut, you don't just envision and crave like going up to him and just sucking on it. You drop that into this hot pan for me. (laughs) Uh, You know what? If anything is considered a delicacy in someone's culture, I'll try it. It's got to be good, right? It can't be bad. Yeah, I would try it. If millions of people like it, it's probably good. Man. Might Ugh. throw you for a little bit of a loop, though. <laughs> Love to go to Thailand. Hope you're enjoying mm. it there, Micah. Next one here is from Sausage Sanga Harry. He says, being the Avs fan that you are, Ryan, do you hope or think that when Drew Locke inevitably takes the field and throws a TD for the Bronco, the crowd will chant, Drew, <laughs> like they do for Grubauer when he makes a save. You know what? My first um, indoctrination to that experience was actually in my first love, mm. which is Folsom Field. Yep. And Jeremy Blue, <laughs> who was also a Olympic-level skier yep. playing for the Buffs, and I loved it. Every time he was back to return a punt, everyone did it. 
Then there was a guy named Hugh Charles who got Hugh. <laughs> then um, you got Grubauer. There's been more, I think, for the Avs. <clears throat> so, yeah, I hope that. I made a joke on Twitter that whenever Joe Flacco uh, throws an incompletion, it'll be hard to decipher whether the fans are saying boo or Drew. <laughs> Man, I love when when fan bases and stadiums get stuff like this. We haven't had one with the Broncos that I can remember. I mean, there, there's Tebow chance and chance, but not not something where you're when a player gets on the field or something. Yeah, and they say that the boo sound actually resonates higher on the decibel level than a cheering sound. Really? Yes. Wow. So would the Drew also resonate higher? Yeah, exactly. It's the Mm. ooh instead of the ah. So let's get that going. I think it should be a thing for sure. Before he's on the field or once he's the guy? Is there going to be no slowing it down? Yeah, I think... I think um, we want Locke. We want Locke. That's what you're going to hear yeah. until he gets out there. Yeah. Mm. It's going to come soon. Yeah, it will. Next one coming in from Mr. Freeze. He says, I don't have to read the story. I saw the quote on Twitter. I'm not in school anymore. I don't do homework. <laughs> He's not listening to the to the teacher, Ryan, over here. Hey, I mean, I don't care if you read or not. You already subscribed. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, from Lone Star Bronco, I'm in on Noah Phantom Fant. Would love to see Locke in number two. I don't know why. I just dig that. I like 64 or 69 for Reisner, 93 for Draymond Jones. Think Dakota Watson takes 57 again. That was his number in Denver and Jacksonville. Mm. He's going to have to wait until um, uh, DeMarcus Walker gets cut for that. <laughs> I'm all for the red flag system for players. I got so fed up with hearing cowgirl fans defend Greg Hardy as a charged as a changed man. We all know how that ended up. If you don't, it's a pretty disturbing uh, story as well. And they got another. They had another guy. Was it Gregory? I don't want to drag yep. anyone's name. I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All in for the GoFundMe to get you guys to Texas for a meetup. <laughs> Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to Denver this year. Maybe next year. Homegrown 2.0 shirt for Reisner. Love the coverage. Hey, someone set up the uh, the GoFundMe. <laughs> I feel like I'm like begging if I do it, but if you right. set it up, yeah. I'll uh, I'll embrace it entirely. The community and man, John, did John help us or what for just shirt ideas? He, oh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, all of the players are very marketable. It's so marketable. It's good. That's, that that means you did well. It's hard to draft an offensive mm. lineman who's marketable. It's very true. And they did it. And, yeah, it means you're getting good players, good stories. If no one wants the jerseys of these guys and, and we don't have commenters trying to guess the rookies' numbers, it means no one cares about what you did and isn't excited. Zach, rank the way the top three picks in the drafts jerseys will sell. Of the Broncos? Yep. Drew Locke, Dalton, Noah Fant. <laughs> uh, Von Miller yesterday was asked about the Broncos draft class and what he thought of it. Guess what order he mentioned the players? Same order. <laughs> Drew Locke, Dalton Reiser, and then Noah Fant. <laughs> Somehow the Broncos picks have been reversed in order and they didn't even have to do anything. It is. It's wild. And honestly, that's probably how I would have picked them as well. Yeah. Like how I would have picked them in the draft. Right, you would have been like, okay, we'll take Drew Locke at 10. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Reisner at 41. And, oh, my God, Drew, uh, Noah Fant <laughs> fell. Right. Let's yep. get him. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty funny. 
All right, next one here is from Bleeding Orange since 1983. Hey, guys, new subscriber and first pod comment. Welcome to the family. Yes, welcome. I found you guys right after the Broncos fired Vance and the season was over. Thank you so much for helping me through a dismal end of the year until now. Wow, amazing how far the Broncos have come since Vance was fired on the last day of 2018. Just a few short months ago, we had a terrible head coach, zero answer at the quarterback position, and very little hope in the future. So amazing how all of that has been flipped on its back so quickly. Now, just four months later, we have an awesome new coaching staff and finally a future quarterback we can truly put our hopes into. No more freaking Band-Aids, <laughs> and that will only last a year or two until the wheels come off. Oh, that will only last a year or two until the wheels come off. Thank you guys so much for your awesome podcast, articles, and insightful takes. I love how beat up you guys have been even before the Bronco. I love how up upbeat. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I love how upbeat you guys have been even before the Broncos' fortunes changed. I really look forward to being on the board for a whole season with you guys. We're 212 days away from Thanksgiving. But already, Broncos fans have a lot to be thankful for this year. Go Broncos and go BSN. Yeah, maybe some chicken legs to to sell it, some chicken feet to celebrate Thanksgiving. What do they do with like the cloth? <laughs> I don't know. A little toenail. <laughs> oh man! But bleeding orange and blue since nineteen eighty three. That is that's an awesome comment. Thanks for rolling with us, and we're so pumped to have all you guys on board for this season because I can say with confidence, Ryan that this year when training camp rolls around, we're going to be optimistic like like we typically always are. But it's going to be, not that it hasn't been legit, but I'm going to 100% feel the optimism. Whether it's for, you know, week one or the Broncos making the playoffs this year, just the way they're going. There's finally a, a, a legit, legit plan. Joe Flacco is in such a bad situation. <laughs> the fans didn't like him before they got Locke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was the ultimate Band-Aid. The, the the roars from the hill in training camp oh. when one of them throws a touchdown versus the other one, mm -hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird. If Drew Locke wants to, he can make it so obvious at training. He can, he can fire the crowd up, and they'll be so loud. He can be the first one on the field, and they'll be going crazy. Oh, man. He's a, he's a smart kid. I think he's going to know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And he, that's in his personality. Yeah. To, you know, run out on the field full speed first, go over to the fans, jump up and down, get them hyped up. Yeah. That's in his, that, you know, he wouldn't be faking that. Mm hmm. God, I hate, uh, one day we'll stop saying his name, but could you imagine Paxton Lynch doing that? Oh, my gosh. No way. He, 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 he went by the book. He was scared. Yeah. He was a deer in the headlights. Man. He was going up against Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon, and he was scared to beat them. I was going to say, Joe Flacco would beat him. He would Joe Flacco would play the rest of his contract if Paxton Lynch was the future plan. Now they got the complete opposite. Drew Locke is a guy that wants to compete and is going to thrive competing. First-round talent gets beat out by a seventh-round pick. <laughs> yep. Easily. And I'll tell I'll tell you this. I did not want them to pick Paxton Lynch. I thought it was a bad pick and I was never on board with it. So I'm not just I don't just jump on every high quarterback that the Broncos take. There's something, well there's a lot of things to lock. A lot. All right, next one's from uh Vin NYC 14 or is it Vinny C14? I think Vinny C. All right. That's better. 
You can see where my brain took <laughs> yep, it. Yep, yep. Vinny C14. Hey guys, been listening to you for about a year and been a subscriber for about six months. I'm in love with all the content you guys provide. Being a Bronco fan growing up in Jersey, probably it's Vinny. Yep. I think, <laughs> or Vin NYC, like New York City. But he's from Jersey. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, Vinny would make sense. <laughs> um, being a Broncos fan growing up in Jersey, all I had growing up was Giants and Jets sports radio. Most recently, I've moved to South Jersey. So now I get to hear all about the Eagles and how they're God's team. Hot take, they're not. With all that said, what are your thoughts on the Broncos taking a look at John Bostic, formerly of the Steelers, who was released after they drafted Devin Bush? Keep up the good work, guys. Was there? Is he related to Brian Bostic? Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, and actually this was a name that that's popped up not necessarily in connection to the Broncos, but one of the hottest names available now after the draft. Uh, and he would make sense. You know, also, um, oh, help me out with the guy the Broncos could, Darren Lee out with yes. the Jets. He's still on the Jets. I believe they have until tomorrow, the Jets do, to pick up his fifth year option. I can only imagine that they would pick that up if they were going, if they had a trade in place to trade him today or something like that. I don't imagine them picking him up. And in fact, they could just move on from him. From everything I've heard, they can move on from him before deciding on that fifth-year option so a new team can pick him up and then also pick that up. They drafted two or three linebackers in the draft. It's at least two. The Jets? Yep. And then they also picked up C.J. Mosley. Yeah. It doesn't make sense Man, for Darren Lee to be there. Broncos fans would be so excited if they pulled that off, too. That because that's the missing piece, right? Great draft class, and you're getting a veteran inside linebacker who can come in and play right away, and you're getting him for the cheap. Uh, and and also Jonathan Bostic would make sense. Um, a, a journeyman veteran. He's been with a lot of teams. I don't know if he comes in here and he's the answer that that you're seeking. It's funny just thinking of our new friend Vinny going from uh new york sports talk radio to this show <laughs> yeah probably a little different tune about the opposite <laughs> about the opposite like so, some laughs some positivity yeah probably doesn't happen we don't really other we don't really yell ever <laughs> from 702 pilot hey guys awesome coverage here's a crazy scenario dolphins get the number one pick in the draft and draft tua sucks to be rosen ha 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 messed up didn't we yeah, talk about that yesterday that's rude yep okay uh question to you guys is there someone they could get to is there someone they could they could cut to get some money to help pay for strap i'm glad the food talk has died down because columbus missouri yep or mississippi isn't drew lock from columbus no he's from columbia columbia okay yeah let's go mississippi columbus mississippi yes because missouri's mo okay yeah. all right all right yeah sorry <laughs> I'm not a postal code guy. Um, Columbus, Missouri doesn't have anything, and I should be moving to a new base in the East Coast by the end of the year. Thank goodness. Keep up the great work. Go Broncos. Well, thank you for, for your work. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's two people that the Broncos could cut to make money for Chris. There's, I guess I should say, two obvious people, Derek Wolf and Emmanuel Sanders. They did pick up their options for both of them, but they're both still very cuttable. Yeah, they basically picked up like one out of $10 million for yep. each of them. Uh, which is easy for them to just move on. It's just like Kevin Hogan. Like they brought in Kevin Hogan because they didn't want to, uh, you know, have to start all over if they didn't get a guy they liked in the draft. They got two guys they liked in the draft. So you could cut those two. Is there anyone else we've talked about? You already did Brandon Marshall. You already did Darian Stewart. Ron Leary's fully Stewart guaranteed just, now. 
Those are the two guys, but they didn't get a replacement for Emmanuel Sanders. Juwan Winfrey is not an Emmanuel Sanders replacement this year. And they didn't get a replacement for Derek Wolf unless Draymond Jones comes in and blows him away as an all-around guy. But was it John that said he's going to be a nickel pass rusher? That just shows you that for this year, he's not he's not a replacement. Technically, he could go Zach Kerr in the middle, Shelby and Adam on the outside with Draymond being their depth. Yep, and you wouldn't feel as good about it, but if that's what you need to do to keep Chris around and you really want to keep Chris around, that then... Who would you rather have on the team, Derek Wolf or Chris Harris? Chris. Come okay, on. so you don't feel as good about the defensive line, but you feel better about the defense as a whole. Exactly. All right, um... Let's take a break here, Zach, and when we come back on the other side, we'll get to the rest of these questions. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Welcome back into the show. We're cruising along today compared to the last couple of days, Zach. Back-to-back two-hour pods to start the week. <laughs> Woo! We're rolling, man. We are. We are. I don't know if there's a podcast in the country that puts out the amount of hours that we do in a week. With with it, And it's pretty much just you and I. It's just, yeah, it's all <laughs> I'm bringing on. We have uh, tried to bring on more and more guests, but, I mean, it's just it's just us talking for, like, 10 hours a week. How are those vocal cords? Feel great. They sound good. I'm in mid-season form. <laughs> Certainly no off-season for uh, the Broncos on this podcast. No. I mean, John Elway's starting his off-season this week. I wonder what tropical island he's on. Vic Fangio's. I guess Vic Fangio really never has an off-season. But the players have months of off-season. Not, not you and I. Us hard-working guys. I did uh, schedule a little vacation for june this weekend so nice i will have an off season it'll be one week long and that's what i've got too the beginning of july right before training camp there we go all right next one here is from good luck gage ripka that's what we're going with way better than i would have thought gage ripka three hey guys i was one of those freeloaders that had been listening but not subscribing Welcome Used to on hate board. you, now we love you. No, we love all the <laughs> listeners, but hey, be more like Gage and cave into our serious pressure for you to subscribe. <laughs> Ryan's talking to you. Yeah, I mean, I forget who said it yesterday, but they said, it, oh, I think it was Chris O'Brien who said, "Yep, uh, it costs more to not subscribe than it does to subscribe. <laughs> yep. I like that. Anyways, he says, am I the only person who saw the real genius in Elway trading down? The money they are saving from drafting at 20 and not 10 could be used for CHJ. It has to be obvious. Plus, he never drafted a corner. Elway realized with getting CHJ, our defense is elite. And that now that we have the money to lock him up, we can go offense to make us a strong contender in the AFC West. 
plus with the Raiders somehow drafting like it's their first time and Tyreek Hill basically ending his career we are set to really only have to fight the Chargers which let's face it Vaughn basically owns Phillip Rivers at this point I feel good about our chances this year I'd love the optimism I mean (laughs) talking about being positive and optimistic but it was Tyreek Hill, not Patrick Mahomes, yeah, who ended his career. Exactly, exactly right. Are, are the Chiefs better with a uh, healthy, functional Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Are they still unbelievably good if Patrick Mahomes is anywhere close to what he was last year? Yes. They're going to be a force for a long time. Let's not try and write them <laughs> off already. Exactly. Now, with Give Chris Harris, numbers. With, with trading back from 10 to 20, how much do you think the Broncos saved? Over the course of the contract or just this year? Um, just this year. A million dollars or less? Just over a million. Okay. Just, just over a million. So, sure, put that to Chris. So now he's up to nine. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. According to him, you got six more million to go. You would have had to give up your entire draft class. It, you would. And that you would have $700,000 left over if you did that. There you go. Um, yeah, that's... I like that you're trying to give John credit, but we can't give credit where it's not due. I don't think that helped at all. If if uh, Drew Locke was picked at 10, he'd be making over $3 million, I, I think around $3.5 million for the Broncos this year. Falling to 42, he's making one2 Poor, poor thing. <laughs> How will he ever survive in these streets? I don't know. Greenwood Village, the area surrounding where the Broncos are, that's... T- it's expensive we uh wow we're gonna have to send him the podcast where we talk about how to make ramen <laughs> and mac and cheese and uh, chicken feet you know what you're gonna have to teach him the string cheese method <laughs> yes <laughs> i'd be happy to uh yeah he'll be all right Philip Lindsay to... was fine you know making five hundred thousand last it's year. true it's true somehow uh he goes on and says i wasn't a huge fan at law of lock at first he looked too much like Jay Cutler and just didn't have the appeal that I was wanting. But listening to Zach made me switch my tone a little bit. If he can learn from John and Joe, I think he can be a great quarterback of the future. Sorry that my first comment was so long. I had a lot to say. Love listening to you guys, especially since I'm a diehard Broncos fan stuck in the middle of Bears country. But thanks again for making uh, what usually is a dreadful offseason a hopeful and an entertaining one. Go Broncos. So I wonder if he's coming from Chicago or just another part of Bears country. But... Man, what? <laughs> That's probably why he doesn't like Jay Cutler's face. <laughs> exactly. What if John and Drew are just having private meetings every week? Joe opens the door and no, no, Joe, no, not, not now's not the time. Joe's like, what's going on here? <laughs> John's like, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. <laughs> he just came over. Uh, I I needed to get a light bulb, and he's. Joe's like, I'm. I thought I was tall enough to help with the light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um john i wonder what what do you think john there's a chance that he like takes this red shirt year for drew as like a personal chance for him to kind of put his fingerprints on him on the golf course maybe yeah some bonding outside the building and inside i think joe plays golf too <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> There's some clubs in the corner. Joe's like, wait, were you guys just doing that? Drew stores his golf clubs in John's (laughs) office. Oh, man. He's got like a Missouri bag with lock on the side. Joe opens the door for a meeting. He's like, wait, 
<laughs> Why are Drew's golf clubs in here? He's like, oh, uh, we're just going. We're, gonna, we're thinking about maybe going to hit some balls later. Did you not get my text? I I sent it to you. T- oh, it must have not sent to you, Joe. Oh yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> this brand new iPhone does that sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> malfunctions and whatnot. It's it's funny, but that's that's how I feel. Not to that extent in the secret meetings, maybe, though. But that's how I feel John views Drew, is he is so much of the future that it's only a matter of time until John just caves and can't hold back to get Drew on the field. Would you feel better about Drew Locke's development this season if it was public knowledge that he was having a weekly meeting with John Elway? Sure. I think so, too. Why not make that a thing? Wouldn't everyone be okay with that except for Joe? <laughs> Joe's like, a, can I can I get one of those? Or? He's like, well, it's just about how to win a Super Bowl, and you already know that. <laughs> exactly. Good answer. Um, I think they should do that. Weekly meeting, and Drew is supposed to come with 10 questions. Mm. Yeah. And there's not a question about being an NFL quarterback that John Elway can't answer. Exactly. Better than anyone else in the building. Gosh. Should John take him under his wing? 100%. In a very obvious way? I think so. Now, I don't know. They have the same demeanor. So it's not like you're going to catch Drew like trying to become John Elway and that somehow right. messing him up. He is like, he is like John Elway already. The yep. way he approaches life in the game and guarantee you there will be a story that comes out about how he's really competitive in ping pong i don't know what it's about <laughs> ping pong, but whenever someone's competitive you always say oh even it's ping true. pong <laughs> so i think those two um i think john is the perfect mentor in the world for drew lock that's why you don't need kevin hogan because you can have john elway mentor him or it can be kevin hogan <laughs> kevin hogan <laughs> Hogan mania. It took a quick, quick, quick turn downhill. Yeah, boy. It was almost like it never got started. You know what? Vance Joseph did him a massive disservice by not playing him at the end of the season. Mm. What if he went out there and had a good one good game? Yep. Then we'd be talking about him in a completely different light. Yep. Now he's chopped liver. <laughs> or uh, cubed blood. <laughs> <laughs> he's just cubed blood to this staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like worse than a warm body it is oh man all right and, oh wait that was did it get commented yeah, yeah, twice it got, right, yeah I got exactly really next one coming in from sutton 14 thomas 87 he says hey bsn i asked this earlier but it was during an rk solo pod and you told me to ask him when zach was back well i'm back he well, says three months later <laughs> i'll be flying into denver for a bachelor party for five days wow good luck what are some things i have to do when in town to get the full rk and zach experience does bsn do studio tours we don't really have a well we do have a video studio we do uh if you want to come by the office one day you could there's not a guarantee that zach and i will be there it's more likely than not we won't but you can come by the office and, you know, if you want to buy a shirt in person, that's something you could do from the office. Yeah. Um, so you, it's not – it won't excite you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it, is a, it is a blue-collar working environment. But you can come through. This is where the fun's at. Exactly, yeah. 
Um, what to do in Denver? If you want to get the Zach experience, what you got to do is wake up at 5.15. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe it's a Ryan experience now. I'm doing it again tomorrow. Oh, Early workouts. Woo. It's a thing now. Um, and you get up at 5.15 while it's still cold out <laughs> for no reason. The sun is down. There's dew on the grass, and you got to like run a lap around Washington Park. It's like I'm talking to my girlfriend. She's, she, th- she feels the exact same way. She's like, why do you? Why? Why? You don't need to. There's no reason to get up early. Yeah, just. Just wait at least till the sun's up. <laughs> well, you nailed one thing on the head. Definitely go to Wash Park, Washington Park. It's I'm trying to think if it's the biggest park in Denver, but Denver's actually I think has one of the best like park systems in a city of any uh, any city in the United States. So definitely check out the the park scene. That'd be a fun thing for the whole group to do. Yeah, definitely. Because Wash Park on a weekend gets wild especially yeah, when it's oh, warm out oh man bring bring a i you don't even need to bring a volleyball net i mean there's like hundreds set up volleyball nets bring a cooler yep it's um it's like college yeah it really is it's college for uh the city yeah exactly <laughs> uh that's a good one i wouldn't have thought of that i um, wouldn't have either so thanks for thinking of it for me <laughs> there you go um but well, i imagine it's going to be soon in the summertime i would assume so too coors field yeah, definitely hit up Coors Field. <laughs> and if, if if you're going with the Bachelor guys, go to the rooftop. Uh, buy rooftop tickets. Go to the rooftop. What it is is, when was it, five years ago? Maybe even longer, a little longer. So, little sometime longer. around five years ago, the Rockies took out the outfield top deck where no one sat anyways and completely wiped out the seats and built this bar area. And it is a bar area with a baseball game in the backyard. I mean, you you could get you could go there and not even know there was a baseball game. Or if you want to take in the game, you can you can do that from there as well. Yeah, it's a great place. It's it's the most poppin' bar in Denver. <laughs> it is. Um, Red Rocks. Yeah, you can get out to Red Rocks. Yeah, that would be a, an amazing experience. That's one thing that you literally cannot get anything similar outside of Denver. Mm, are you talking about for a concert? Yes. Yeah. It doesn't even matter who it is. No. No, no, no. Unless it's like EDM. Unless that's your thing. Also, I wouldn't go to an EDM concert at Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it also depends on... I guess that's the only thing it depends on. There's no chumps going up to Red Rocks. It's just whether you like the type of music or not. Right. I'm just saying, like, if they play music... Right. (laughs) I see what you mean. (laughs) I don't want to go too far here. I I have respect for all musicians and creators. Um, If they play instruments, that's better. You, you'll find it to be an amazing experience. Little Gregory Allen Isaacoff. Oh, that's my boy. <laughs> Colorado, Colorado guy. Boulder guy, right? Yep, lives in Boulder on a farm. That's his farm. Wow, wow. That's my guy. Um, but I mean, whoever it is, if like, especially if they just if they play guitar, like it just it's a different sound. Yep. You can't experience it anywhere else. Yep. Anything else? Man, just if I imagine you're going to be in the city. There's just within walking distance of downtown, you have Union Station, which is such its own vibe. It's a, it's a really cool redone area. And then what, eight blocks away, you have Rhino, which is the new and up-and-coming place. And in between is Coors Field and, and Blake Street Tavern and so many cool places. I always say, because I've now experienced just going to lots of cities around the country and, and deciding like, oh, this city's dope or this one sucks. 
Um, if I came to Denver as a visiting media member mm. to go to a Broncos game and I ended up in Rhino, mm. I'd be saying like, whoa, Denver is dope. <laughs> yeah. So whatever yeah. you can do down there, there's, a bre- there's breweries over there that you yeah. can hit up, lots of bars, good restaurants. But when you just like walk around that place, you're like, damn, this is a really cool place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, art everywhere. It is really cool. Um, well, I'm sure we can come up with some other things if you hit us up one more time before <laughs> yep. before you go. <laughs> and good luck on a five day bachelor party. It's maybe impressive. you're gonna maybe you're gonna need a relaxing day somewhere <laughs> in there where so. you just go like hang out. <laughs> maybe you go for a hike. Yeah, there you go. Red Rocks. There you go. <laughs> From KC Spy, what up, BSN family? I could I have been on Team Draft Lock from day one and was actually out on the town in KC when I found out we got him round two. I could not shut up about it to my KC friends the rest of the night. I love the supervillain angle from Ryan's article, and I can't wait to see the look on people's faces when their golden boy from the suburbs Mm. defeats them. Anyway, my question to you two is this. I've been considering buying my first Broncos jersey for a while, and I'm torn between Lindsay and Locke. Who do I get? Mm. I mean, since you live in Kansas City, the Locke makes a lot of sense. That's very trolly. It is. It's very trolly. Your coworkers are going to hate that when you wear it into the office. Yep. So if you want to push people's buttons, that's who you get. But I believe, if I remember Casey Spy's um, story correctly, mm. he was a Colorado native. Okay. And mm. there's no better Colorado native to put on your back than Philip Lindsay. You don't go wrong with either L. It's a dub either way. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You, you, well, Lindsay's a safer bet. We'll just say that. For this year, certainly. All right, he says, also as the KC spy, I must report on the whole KC player ethics debate. Debacle. When Cream Hunt got kicked out of town, Chiefs fans were either silent about it or expressed that it was the right move. Hard to say how their fans will feel about Hill and Clark in the coming seasons. You got to feel a little bad for the fans having to deal with a GM who will take shady guys like that. Can't be fun to root for those types anyways. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I mean... The organization. I think we're giving uh, Kansas City fans a little too much credit here. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're like lamenting having to root for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I don't think so. When he was burning everyone last year, even though everyone had the information of what he had done in the past. We already knew he was a piece of crap. Exactly. They had no problem cheering for him. Exactly. Exactly. Next one coming in from Aquaman. He says, great draft analysis in the past few days. Thank you. After your O-line talk, I would really like a show or at least some discussion on the depth of the various positions. Who do you think will make the team as a backup, etc.? Thanks for all the great work you do. Sorry this post is so short. Winky face. <laughs> Never apologize for a short post. Aquaman wants us to give Do it. apologize for making <laughs> us talk about offensive line depth. <laughs> he wants a full 53-man roster right now. Offensive line depth. Elijah Wilkinson will be on the team. Yeah, and solid. Who else? Sam Jones. Oh, Sam Jones. We like Sam Jones. Um, Billy Turner is gone. Turner, is uh, Alabama still here? Big Alabama? Oh, Cyrus Quanjo. Yes. I don't remember. <laughs> um, so those are your two main guys. Yep. And what, that's seven? What, they may add one more? Oh, there's a guy named uh, Austin Schlotman mm. who was on the practice squad last year. He'll have a chance to make the team as a backup tackle. The Viking. No. No. The Viking was cut. The Viking was cut and then brought back and then cut and then brought back and then cut and then brought back. <laughs> who knows where he is in the cycle now? I believe. No, actually, I do know. His name is Andreas Knapp, by the way. Yeah. 
He signed a futures contract, so he will be around for uh, training camp. All right. Yeah, so keep an eye on those guys. Yeah. Uh, no, more, no more Max Garcia. Thank goodness. Where is Ma- where? He, where is Shane Ray? He, oh, where is Shane Ray? <laughs> where is Shane Ray? Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't funneled down to Arizona with every other former Bronco. And coach. Oh, yeah, but remember, he hates Vance Joseph. He won't be going to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he hates Vance Joseph, but I don't think he and VJ... I don't think Vance likes him either. ...have a very good relationship. <laughs> I cannot believe Shane Ray's not on a team. Wild. And he's going to get... I mean, he's got to get a smaller deal than Shaq Barrett, right? One year, five not. million? Yeah. Yeah, he's. Go- I-, I think he ends up in L.A. when all is said and done. For vet men or close to? Oh, yeah, probably. That is wild. Fall from grace. That is why. And didn't Von Miller's party happen this past weekend? Is that what I saw all those pictures from? I think. I'm not positive. I thought that was Von Miller Day. Was it? It looked a little too fun for being. A little too wet and wild. There are too many fun teammates there for being in, uh, what, DeSoto, Texas? That was probably what it was. Mm. Shane was there. And hey, no news coming out of it. You know, the Broncos could have very easily signed Shane Ray back hmm. at this point. Oh, yeah. They preferred Dakota Watson. Yep. And trading a pick to get him. They would, get, they would rather give a fifth for Dakota Watson than pay Shane Ray $1 million. Wow. That's telling. I'll tell you this. They didn't – I don't think they liked his influence on the locker room. I think you're right. I think they felt he was a bottom 10 percenter. And remember how we had the conversation after they moved on from Vance Joseph on, you know, okay, last year when they weren't playing some players, there was some debacle going on. How much of that was Vance Joseph and how much of that was the organization's view on things? Clearly, Shane Ray was more than just Vance. Vance didn't like Shane. Yeah. Um, But they, and I don't know if they were necessarily right in this belief, but they didn't think Shane Ray was a good locker room guy. And it's weird because Shane Ray is a good, a really good guy. Mm-hmm. It's not as if he is, you know, a D bag or yeah. anything like that. But there's something about his attitude that they really didn't like. And I mean, they moved his locker away from the outside linebackers. Like they, they had, a, they didn't like something about Shane Ray. Yeah, and it it was once they didn't pick up his fifth year option, it all went downhill. I mean. We've talked about this before. It's like saying I'm going to break up with you a year from now, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep living with you until then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the same thing with Raiders fans. <clears throat> they don't understand how they still support the team, but <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> it's pretty weird. Yep. All right. Well, what else we got here? We had like 17 buzzer beaters yesterday that came in in like the five minutes that it took to end the podcast and post the new one. So we got to jump back to those. All right. And first one coming in from Alex and Olympia says, hey, fellas, always solid coverage of a surprisingly solid draft. I'd like to know your opinions on how Reisner stacks up against the two other tackles and guard that was selected just before him in the second round. All the talk had been that he would be a Bronco, but I think we were lucky to have him fall to us. The ESPN crew noted that he was the most versatile lineman in the draft. Thanks. You guys knocked it out of the park as usual. So happy for Denver sports right now. Alex and Olympia. Here's how I'll initially answer the question, Alex, is... Dalton was my guy. I mean, when the Broncos started the, or when the draft started in the second round, I was thinking Dalton. 
don't have him fall to the Broncos. Five picks before, I'm thinking Dalton. I'm not thinking any of those other guys. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you'll hear it when we finally get the Senior Bowl podcast together. We were we literally said the Broncos have to draft Dalton Reisner. <laughs> he is uh, just the picture of what you want uh, for an offensive lineman in the second round. Yep. And if they would have taken him, not at 10, but anywhere else in the first, it would have been a solid, solid pick. And also, he is so versatile. He made so much sense. He's a plug-and-play guy at guard this year and potentially your future tackle if Garrett doesn't work out. Okay, from Swedish Bronco, he said, actually thought of a real question. Does giving a six-number guarantee to an undrafted free agent, Rippin, mean anything? Looks like a lot of freaking money for rookie training camp. <laughs> Their hope and idea must be that Rippon is a backup with Locke in the next two years or so. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. That's their plan, is Rippon is, is a great backup. It's not just for rookie rookie training camps, <laughs> either. For what, three days get paid 100000 Yeah, you could probably get paid like 3000 Yeah. to be a, a mini camp, uh, a rookie camp invitee. Yep. And now the, this isn't, the guarantee isn't the same is a signing bonus. When when these numbers come out, we'll get a little better of an idea. But just to give you guys an idea, uh, some signing bonus numbers have already come out, and I believe the most so far was $10,000 um, to Joe Deneen, the linebacker from Kansas, and the smallest is Quinn Bailey, an offensive lineman who got 3000 The Joe Deneen thing is a little odd to me. I mm. talked to Andre, who has been watching a little film on him. He said he's not like... He also doesn't fit the the Vic Fangio stereotype of linebackers. Is John like, I'll give you anything you want, just not the linebacker you want? I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe he's changing the way he uses linebackers. Maybe. Because what 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 did Ed Donatel say about, you know, we've we've given our reports to John and his scouting staff on exactly what we want in every player. If it was the the fast, quick inside linebacker, then John has just ignored that. So maybe the scouting report has changed on what they want. Deneen is like, a, I think Andre said he's like a 4-7 guy. Ah, Mac Wilson type of guy. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, Andre said that Watson, the CSU kid, yeah. is faster. Mm. All right. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't either. Completely lost. We'll try to get... Vic to tell us but yeah I mean it's totally Locke and Rippon are the QBs of the future yep once Flacco's gone Rippon will be Locke's backup and on they go and everyone not you guys you guys seem to embrace it everyone else in Denver needs to embrace it I think it's a good thing I think it's a great thing embrace it <laughs> rip it did you know this this is crazy maybe a little aggressive by Andre well, only time will tell uh, Brett Rippon was four spots higher on Andre's big board than Daniel Jones. No way. Yep. Oh my gosh. Wow. And the Broncos got him undrafted as opposed to sixth overall. And that's what I love about Andre's draft analysis is, and I think it's the most important thing for anyone analyzing the draft. Make it your opinion, not yeah. your opinion mixed with what everyone else thinks like okay well this guy's you know everyone's saying he's a first or second round prospect so he has to be better than this other guy even though my eyes are telling me that this other guy is better than him right exactly that's what i i, I love that andre did that last year he had jeff jeff holland ranked in you know in the you know, just outside the top 50 i think he really liked jeff holland <laughs> yeah 
So I love it. Just do tell you go with what your eyes see. Exactly. Don't fall into groupthink. Exactly. From New Mexico Broncos fan. What a fun draft. Getting three first round talents in the first two rounds is exactly what Elway needed to do to turn his draft reputation around. Let's hope they pan out. Hint, they will. That's his words, not mine. But I think they will too. Can't wait for the coverage uh, you guys are going to put out during camp. The lock hype is coming and it is real. I have one question about the Colorado sports betting thing. What are the chances this hurts Colorado sports? Haven't researched it a lot, but I imagine a situation where some big wig with a bunch of money bets on, say, the Nuggets in the finals, then tries to fix the game, or, God forbid, bets against the Broncos, then fixes the game against them. LOL, probably won't happen, right? Anyways, keep up the amazing coverage for all our sakes. I got news for you, my guy. (laughs) If anyone wanted to do that, they could do it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Making it legal actually makes it harder for them to do that because the uh, treasury... State Treasury will have an eye on, oh, why did some guy just bet $2 million against the Broncos? And if you're going to bet that much money on a game, you're just doing it in Vegas right now anyway. No, you're doing it with a bookie (laughs) uh, or a very underground operation. Yeah, you're probably right. Because it's way, like I said, if you're cashing a ticket at a real place, there are red flags that can go off. (laughs) Yep. So everything would be done under the table. And it could be, it could be happening right now. Heck, we you know we know that an NBA referee was fixing games. Yep. So long ago, if you aren't familiar with the story. Yeah. But it's possible. And there was was it Boston College? I want to say the basketball team was being paid off by some guy to, really? to shave, uh, shave points in wow. like the nineties. So yeah, there's nothing. Actually, again, it's kind of like how making weed legal made it a lot harder for there to be like bad stuff and in you know dirty drugs being laced right. into the weed. Right. It's more regulated, so it's harder to do illegal stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. From Tom Mercury, when the time comes to play Flacco or Locke, who makes the call, Elway or Fangio? <laughs> you tell us, Tom. More broadly around the NFL, who makes choices, the GM or the coach? It depends. And in this situation, it's very obvious. It is Vic Fan. No, it's John L.A. Vic, if Vic did not believe in it, I believe I think he would stand his ground as long as he could. Exactly. As long as he could. And that's what Gary Kubiak did. Now, Who, who makes the calls at your job, you or your boss? <laughs> right. Exactly. I and here's the thing with Vic and John. I think John is going to say, "Vic, you got the defense. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mess with anything on the defense." And Vic's going to say, "Great, John, you got the offense. I'm not going to do anything with the offense." Yeah, and I'm not talking specifically you, Tom. Maybe you're your own boss. Maybe you are the <laughs> boss. But usually the boss gets to make the call. And John Elway is not only just the boss. There's no one above him who quote dabble. Oh, what was it? Uh, medals in football operations (laughs) yep exactly exactly and around the league it depends you know bill belichick's the coach he's the general man he's everything there um it it depends when you look around and you see a really good coach and a veteran coach he's probably making the calls if you don't if it's a new guy then it's probably the gm and if the gm is uh, arguably the greatest player in the franchise history (laughs) and um very powerful in all his ways he's probably making the calls exactly <laughs> from swedish bronco he says another one what would you guys think about trading our drew lock pick for josh rosen what would you prefer without bias so instead of 
picking mm. at 42 and getting Drew Locke, would you trade for Josh Rosen? No. Drew Locke all the way. Look, I love Josh Rosen, but you can't ignore the what happened to him last year. Yeah. Which was he got obliterated. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't come down on his talent at all last year. But it would be ignorant to think that if you know anything about I'll just say this if you know anything about quarterback play, you know that enough hits can really mess a guy up. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of examples around the league of guys who took enough hits, started seeing ghosts, and it just threw off their career. Um, you never know what the damage is going to be to the body or the head or anything like that. With Drew Locke, he has plenty of um, tread off the tires himself, but he's coming in here with a clean slate. And I, I like – you're exactly right. I can agree with that. I just also like Drew Locke's physical tools more. The ceiling is probably higher. Exactly. Which yeah. is crazy. Josh was my favorite quarterback last year. Me too. And there's something to be said about – you're not getting someone's leftovers. You're getting that fresh, clean plate. And yeah, Drew Locke just seems perfect to this to this team for me. Yep. And he's a future. Josh Rosen, I feel like if you get him, is more of a hopeful plan. Remember when I wrote that column early in the offseason where I was like, shut up about Peyton Manning? <laughs> yep. Drew Locke is the one who's going to make them forget mm-hmm. about Peyton Manning. I like that. Although by the time he's a starter, there's going to be like one player left on the team <laughs> that, that uh, played with Peyton Manning, but still. Derek Wolf's still going to be like, talking I'm about I'm so Peyton. sick of hearing, <laughs> oh man, ever since Peyton left, we've been trying to fill that void. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he left 300 years ago. Yeah. God. Next one coming in from Polish Filipino. He says, fellas. I'm so pumped after free agency in the draft. For the first time in a long while, I feel like the Broncos are set up for immediate team success and future success. Right now, you can see a path to being competitive for the playoffs this year, and you can see a bright future ahead with all of the young talent on this team on both sides of the ball. Thanks for all of your great content, and go Broncos. Polish-Filipino, It's like I think I pretty much said that earlier this show, so we're right on the same page. Bad one tried to call a shot yesterday. He said it was a buzzer beater. He was after the buzzer, though. And it actually was the buzzer beater today and on yesterday's show. Oh, wow. So he, he copy and pasted it for today? Yeah. Right. Smart. Um, he says, okay, so I guess Elway figured out this whole draft thing. I mean, wow. We finally got a tight end that can stretch the middle of the field, a mismatch on the linebacker, and collapse the safeties. Reisner seems like a diehard Broncos fan who is also a dog. Can you imagine what a leader this guy is going to be for our unit? I think in, he'll be the glue between McGovern, Bowles, James, and Leary. You can always, you always need a unit leader and someone that sets the tone. Him, he, uh, I see him doing what Quentin Nelson did to the Colts offensive line last year. That would be amazing. Now, there, there is a difference between Dalton and, what, the sixth overall pick. But I think it's just a step below. I don't think it's anything. I, that's how high my expectations are for him. I could see him being the glue in a sense that he's just a good guy that kind of will become friends with everyone. He can't come in and be the leader of the line. Yeah, not this year. Next year he can. Yeah. Um, it's just the kind of – it's the weird dichotomy. Like, Philip Lindsay couldn't be a leader last year any, right. either. They wouldn't let him sit on the couch. <laughs> so, slowly but surely he'll get there. He goes on. Drew Locke, my guy. This dude has Denver quarterback written all over him. I was 
trying really hard not to fall for him in the draft process because I did not want to be upset if we pass on him. But, man, to get him at 42, wow, what a steal. It's funny that you talk about falling for him because before the Senior Bowl, I think I texted our group chat, and I'm like, I bet you I fall in love with Drew Locke during this process. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, those three picks alone will be our building block offense for years to come. Let's not forget that Lindsey will continue to be a spark and a leader as well. I do not think there could have been a better outcome. Also, great job covering the drafts, fellas. No, uh, Not just Zach and Ryan, but the draft pod guys killed it as well. The future on offense looks so bright right now, and I'm so freaking excited from bad one. Yeah, bad one. Great comment. And also, great job just continuing to leave this same comment. And if we ever miss your comment, please just put it on the other pod. It, we just missed it. It's not intentional. So good job there, bad one. And Ryan, in back-to-back comments, some positivity and optimism about both sides of the ball John Elway hasn't really built teams like that he's gone everything on offense or everything on defense now it's balanced that if the quarterback pans out that is a very oh what's the word um that's a success plan that will work for a long time yes having a good offense and a good defense (laughs) is generally a good way to have success but you're not bouncing around in the highs and the lows I mean John made it to the Super Bowl the first way he made it and won the Super Bowl the second way. It's the natural progression is the third way is uh, another Super Bowl trip. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us today. But before we go, I want to tell you about Live Well Enlightened Health. It's your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of Live Well's free rewards program have access to $30 pre half ounces and $60 pre ounces every day. Live Well has 16 locations across Colorado from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's livewell, spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L.com slash BSN. Thank you guys for tuning in with us, and we will be back with you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. It's getting-